Welcome to the Venley Expert Talks, where we aim to inspire Web3 builders with great stories from great minds. I'm your host, Alexandra Ahrens, and I'd like to remind you that you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, or LinkedIn with ideas for the podcast and questions for our guests. Welcome to episode 45 of the Venley Expert Talks. Today I have Nick Svenefeld, founder of CEO and CTO of Quirist, um, also a crypto and DeFi consultant, and we are going to be talking about the ins and outs of launching an NFT project. So thanks so much for joining me today, Nick. Hi, nice to be here. Um, let's start off with kind of how you got into this. So if you could take us through your background in life and crypto and and kind of how you got going. Yeah, um, my background uh, is a bit uh, weird, I guess, uh, because I used to be in the army for 17 years. I'm actually a retired uh, army captain. I used to be... Uh, um, yeah, going on missions all the time, uh, deployed in the Middle East, in Africa during my military career before I decided to stop. Um, then um, during my military career, I studied uh, at the Erasmus University. I did a master in strategic management. And, uh, when I went out, I transitioned to a tech company that was building virtual reality systems for army, police, fire departments. And I was always interested in technology. Um, and during the, um, the years that I was transitioning out of the army, um, yeah, I really got interested in crypto. Um, I invested in crypto um, and I decided to learn more about the tech. So I joined the uh, uh, Morales uh, Tech Academy. And yeah, I just did a deep dive in all the technology. I, I tried to, uh, to program uh, Solidity. I'm absolutely no developer, uh, but I, uh, yeah, it really helped me to understand uh, what's, what's going on in space. And that got me so uh, interested that I uh, yeah, started to dive into the space and see what I can do in crypto. And then the uh, opportunity came to start working together with the other crypto company that I'm still in uh, contact with today at Aorus. They uh, tokenize precious metals, gold, silver, and platinum. Um, and then an, uh, a new opportunity came to, to start Corest because basically the, um, yeah, the whole uh, ESG agenda and carbon neutrality became really a topic. Um, and then I discovered that uh, blockchain technology is basically a good solution to uh, uh, bring a, a product that um, can enhance the transparency regarding carbon compensation. And then basically the idea was born. Uh, I wrote the first white paper in uh, beginning of uh, 2021. Uh, where I outlined the concept of NFTs that generate CO2 tokens, and those CO2 tokens can be uh, converted into proof of carbon compensation certificates. And that, yeah, that was basically the um, um, the concept for Corest. Um, yeah, and then the the NFT journey began also with uh, with Venly. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's basically the 
yeah, uh, long story short about uh, <laughs> me and, and Chorist. Great. Yeah, that's quite an interesting journey from military to blockchain. Yes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, can you tell us maybe a little bit more about um, the technology behind kind of the NF trees? So what, because I know it's traceable and verifiable CO2 compensation, and I think that's pretty unique. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so the uh, NFTs are just NFTs tied to real-world trees. Um, mm -hmm. And the, uh, the initial idea was to uh, plant trees and then mm -hmm. sell it individually to uh, people or, uh, or companies that want to compensate. So, and then <clears throat> we had to come up with the mechanism to uh, yeah, connect the real-world asset to uh, to an NFT. Um, so what what we what we uh, how we started is just to uh, start selling NFTs as yeah, it was basically a fundraiser NFTs and from that uh, from that money we we buy our own land and plant trees and the first um, project that we did is um, was was fig trees. So and you can basically uh, compare it with a with an orchard, and we and we mm -hmm. fractionalize that orchard, and and each NFT holder is um, uh, connected to one tree on that uh, on that land. And so we've planted five thousand trees uh, from that. And uh, yeah, we basically started with Venly because we didn't have any tech at that time. So we started using a Venly smart contract ERC one one five five. Uh, to start minting the NFTs, and then mm -hmm. um, connect it to to the real world uh, trees. And <clears throat> the moment the trees are planted, they start to generate the CO2 tokens because we mm -hmm. sure. um, we developed also the coarse carbon standard. Um, so that's a new uh, standard for um, yeah carbon uh, compensation basically where we make a calculation uh, based on how much CO2 the actual tree is absorbing. So, and we calculate the uh, CO2 absorption rate based on how much uh, carbon is, is stored in the, in the above ground biomass on the tree, and below ground biomass on the tree, and the soil organic carbon. So how much uh, carbon is stored in the ground? Because if you plant a tree, uh, the tree absorbs CO2, but the, basically the carbon is stored not only in the wood, it's also stored in the roots and it's stored mm -hmm. in the soil as well. So and then we make a calculation and we uh, make a projection for, okay, how much CO2 is that tree storing over 20 years? And we bring it back to a yearly average. And then we translate... Uh, one kilogram of absorbed CO2 into one token. So the, the, the CO2 token basically represents uh, CO2 absorbed by the tree. And the mm -hmm. moment the tree is planted, um, it starts to generate CO2. And then uh, the NF3 holder can claim those tokens at the same rate as the, the tree is absorbing um, the CO2. So, yeah, the NFT holder just goes to our uh, application, to our DAP, and then mm -hmm. uh, logs in with the wallet, uh, MetaMask wallet or Fenly wallet, and then, yeah, claims the CO2 tokens. 
Um, and then the CO2 tokens are tradable. Um, or you can use the CO2 tokens to, uh, to generate a proof of carbon compensation certificate. So, and what happens then is the, uh, the CO2 tokens are burned, taken out of circulation, and in return, you get a new NFT. And that NFT holds data about your, uh, your compensation. So uh, in the DAP, you can create your, your own profile with, uh, with your name or your company name, picture. Um, then that name is used to put that on the certificate. Then the amount that you compensate in CO2 is put on the certificate. The reason for compensation is there. Uh, and the date, of course, and, and the uh, token ID of that NFT. So, and all that data is stored on chain, so it's immutable, so everyone can mm -hmm. see that um, that you compensated. And yeah, we generate a certificate in a form of a PDF. Uh, you can have it, you can download that, or you can send it to your email. Now we're um, also connecting a QR code. So the QR code, then uh, yeah, you can use it to put it on on a product or on a poster, and then when you scan it, you go to the actual uh, certificate. Um, nice. So that's basically the, 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 the token system, the tech that we have now, but we went a step further. Um, because <clears throat> yeah, our project is, 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 is not digital only, so because we uh, are dealing with real world trees, Mm -hmm, we, we know that okay we had to add an extra layer of um yeah security basically or transparency so we we partnered with um with floodlight and they uh, specialize in aggregating all kinds of satellite data uh, so we we use the, the satellite data uh, to validate the co2 token minting so what what we do is we map areas that we plant um, and we send it to our partner and they monitor the biomass. So uh, basically checking if the trees are there and if they're growing as we think they should grow. Mm -hmm. And that data is then put on chain. So um, Floodlight runs a, a chain link node and, that, uh, and our smart contracts uh, responsible for minting the CO2 token, query the data on a monthly basis, and that satellite data directly goes into the CO2 token minting functionality. So without the data, we cannot mint. So um, the the so you have a, like a monthly check. Okay, the trees are there, therefore you can uh, mint X amount of CO2 tokens. So you mm -hmm. have um, a yeah a real world check through satellites uh, for the trees. So that is basically mm -hmm. what, we, uh, what we have built. Very cool. Um, and then just one kind of last thing about your, your project here before we move into more of a general look at things. Um, I know that you recently had a press release go out announcing a really new big project that you're working on with actually a lot of big partners. you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so yesterday um, we uh, announced that we are developing... Uh, proof of concept for a new product. Um, we are doing that together with Etherisk, uh, Floodlight, uh, us, Chainlink, and yeah, we run everything on the Polygon network. So what um, what we are doing is um, make a product 
for all the farmers or green projects that we onboard. Because Corus not only plants um, their in-house project trees, but we also onboard uh, farmers or green projects globally. Because we have, we have the Corus Carbon Standard, and we have tech that allows us to basically get farmers to generate their own CO2 tokens, which they can sell to companies or people looking to compensate. But because we are dealing with the real-world assets or trees, they are exposed to certain risks, mm -hmm. uh, like flooding, fire, and storms. And um, those farmers um, that we onboard now are mainly from developing countries. And, and we want to uh, give them access to an insurance so, so they can get, uh, so they can insure the trees, but also the the carbon tokens that are generated by those trees. Mm -hmm. So, and by insure by creating an insurance product, we we basically help the farmers to protect their uh, livelihoods, uh, mm -hmm. but also we protect the CO two token supply, because. You can imagine that if something happens to um, to the trees due to a fire, or natural disaster, whatever, then the CO2 token um, generation is stopped due to the biomass check uh, that detects a negative change, then the, the CO2 tokens are stopped. But we want to also make sure that all the pro uh, projects that we onboard lock the CO2 for a, a minimum period of 20 years. And mm -hmm. uh, therefore, we would like to, if something happens, that the insurance uh, kicks in, that there's a payout to the farmer to start replacing those trees as soon as possible. But also, uh, there will be a risk pool that covers the, the, the CO2 uh, that is uh, potentially lost. So we, um, yeah, we basically have a higher level of security that the CO2 that is actually produced by all projects is covered. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, um, we know that there's also a lot of uh, articles now uh, criticizing carbon credits. Uh, yesterday was a huge uh, announcement that a lot of carbon credits are basically unbacked. Um, yeah, and that, 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 that should not be. Uh, but you, at the same time, uh, you want to create a high standard for yeah. uh, for those tokens, but yeah, you cannot always prevent that um, that something happens to a tree because it's a real world project. Of course, yeah, uh, yeah something yeah. can happen, and therefore we came up with that uh, insurance product. Yeah, no, I like it. I like that you've really taken the time to think through kind of every direction and and really protect. I mean, not really just even your your project, your company, but everything that comes out of it. That's really, really cool. Um, maybe that can kind of segue us into the uh, next part, which is um, talking about the process you went through and how other people can kind of maybe base their own projects off of this or, or I don't know, copy you, I guess, in a way of how do you create and launch an NFT collection, um, especially with so many different moving parts and um, so many aspects to think about? Uh, yeah, it, it is uh, kind of difficult <laughs> to, to do this. Um, well, minting an NFT is not that hard. You know, uh, anyone mm -hmm. can do that now. Uh, you can go to 
many NFT platforms and you can mint your uh, mint any NFT. You can you can create a picture, you can create the description. That I mean, that's that's not that hard. Uh, yeah. But I think the 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 hardest part uh, for projects like us because we have a real world uh, product that we're selling via an NFT because the NFT is just mm -hmm. a representation of of the actual product is to mm -hmm. come up uh, come up with a mechanism um, to show your customers that the NFT is um, connected to that actual product uh, mm -hmm. in real world. And um, that, I think that's the, that's the hard part. And, uh, but you can see now that, um, that a partner like Chainlink is really important right? because they, they also develop the, the proof of reserve that you uh, can actually get off-chain data on-chain, helping uh, you to show a hey, what I'm doing on-chain is, is is real, right? Mm -hmm. So that that is uh, that was really important for us, uh, mm -hmm. but also marketing, right? So uh, marketing is really important because yeah, you can have the best product, but if if, if it looks ugly or nobody knows <laughs> um, that you exist, yeah, that's that's also um uh, an issue so it's a combination of okay have the tech in place I, I would say okay get that in place first because that's the basis then then have your marketing in order so website your your social media channels also the right partners that can help you market uh, market your nft collection um and also uh, the business model because yeah a, a lot of people forget uh, to have because in the end you're you're a company and you need to generate mm -hmm. revenue and you need to be profitable right so and selling uh, jpegs uh, yeah it's quite easy and the business model is not that complicated <laughs> but if if you're operating a real a real business you have to make sure your business model is in order as well because we have certain operational expenses that we need to cover via the nfts so <laughs> you need, mm -hmm. need to make sure that you're listing at the right price so you need to uh, analyze your, your costing model um, and, and translate that in an, in an NFT because uh, for, for us, uh, uh, for example, from that uh, price, uh, we, we have to make sure that we can, can buy the land, can buy the trees, mm -hmm. do the planting mm -hmm. operations, do the management uh, and cover, cover um, uh, yeah, unforeseen expenses as well, so yeah, those those elements need to be in place to to launch a uh, NFT collection, mm -hmm. um, especially an NFT collection that is connected to real world products. Mm -hmm. Sure. Can you also maybe go into what your team structure looks like? Yeah, and kind of who you started out with, maybe, and and how you've grown. Yeah. So uh, recently, we went through a big change. Uh, we started with um, five founders at the beginning, um, mm -hmm. and then we uh, we grew, I think, a little bit too aggressively because, yeah, when we launched, it was still bull market, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> and then uh, we had uh, the tech team, of course. We had marketing. We had um, uh, uh, sales, and and we also had at that. At the launch, the idea to build our own game, uh, yeah, because you know, bull market, you just started, you're over ambitious, <laughs> and then reality sets in, 
uh, mm. uh, the, the bear market came. Uh, and then we were faced with the reality, like, okay, NFTs are not that popular at the moment. Um, and yeah, to, to last the bear market, you don't know how long it works. You have to go back to basics. So we said, okay, mm-hmm. why, are, why do we exist as a company? Uh, mm-hmm. And what is our added value? So then we mm-hmm. basically decided to do a reorganization. Um, and we scale down and just focus on 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 the core uh, of our business model, and that is helping companies and uh, and, and people to compensate their CO two emissions and all the other stuff around it. It, it was nice, but mm-hmm. okay. It, first of all, it was too expensive to maintain that if we don't know how long the bear market lasts. And we we said, okay, we have to get revenue going. Number one priority now. And that is uh, based on the NFTs and CO2 tokens. So we yeah, mm-hmm. we reshuffled the organization. Um, basically, uh, what happens, we, we, we scale down. Uh, of course, the, the tech is the tech, that we cannot go without the tech. And we, <clears throat> we focused on the, um, marketing just on the CO2, not the gaming part anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. And sales is just focused now more on... Um, on B2B for, for mm-hmm. non-crypto companies. Of course, we, 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 were, uh, we are selling and working together with crypto companies, but the vast majority of companies, especially in Europe, that need to compensate are non-crypto companies. Um, and at the end of the day, we are here to help them. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we, are, we, we shifted our focus to that. So yeah, the board went through a massive reshuffle. Um, yeah, um, I I started the CTO, but I stepped up as also a CEO. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we got uh, new people in. We, the 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 majority of the board left, and yeah, we are now shifting a focus to get people in that can help us connect to um, yeah to regular companies. And because we have one disadvantage at this moment is that crypto and blockchain is kind of new. So we have to educate regular companies that blockchain mm-hmm. is the way to go, right? They understand, okay, we yeah. need to start compensating, uh, but they they have a bit of a learning curve ahead of them to show, to to see that, okay, if you're going to compensate, use blockchain technology. And that therefore mm-hmm. we need, uh, yeah, to educate them. Um, and that, mm-hmm. because that makes the sales cycle a bit longer. Because if you're just selling sure. trees, maybe, okay, they, the companies think, okay, that's, that's easy. But if you're selling NFTs, you know, that, then they already <laughs> start to, to think about crypto and, and all those uh, complicated aspects. So, yeah, it takes a bit more time. But once they get mm-hmm. it, they, they, then they cannot go back. Okay, that's good. Good to hear. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I would say from what I know, the whole industry, all of Web3 and blockchain is having that problem with, uh, yeah, education, right? Or maybe not that problem, but that <laughs> kind of uh, hurdle to get over, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think we are in this phase now where yeah, hopefully we are getting closer to mass adoption mm-hmm. uh, where where people and companies get used to the tech um uh, where people are not 
scared anymore to have a wallet and to go to a dApp and to log in. You know, I, 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 I yeah, I, I'm, I'm convinced that we are getting, getting close to, to that becoming normal. Um, yeah. So that that would be really great for for the space. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, while we're on the subject of timeline, can you kind of tell me from ideation all the way up until uh, maybe launch what that timeline looks for you guys? And if you think that that was pretty average or? Um, so, yeah, the white paper was written by me around, I think, April 2021. Then we participated in a hackathon. Uh, there was a Morales mm -hmm. hackathon. And we launched the first NFT collection uh, in October 2021. Um, yeah, it, it, it was more like a phased rollout uh, because mm -hmm. we started with that uh, NFT collection that gave us uh, funding to buy land, plant the trees, build the tech. Mm -hmm. Then in February, we did the private sale of the Chorus token that gave us more funding. And then um, the, uh, yeah, the tech was already being built uh, and the DEP the, the went live in, uh, I think, November with the integration of the satellite data because we already had the DEP live earlier. But we really wanted to wait to get that satellite data in, in place um, mm -hmm. And we received the Chainlink grant for that, and also Polygon helped us out with with some grants to, to build that. Um, <clears throat> and that went live in um, in, in November, the, the full tech and the and the whole application. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's quite fast. Uh, if also, okay. if you yeah. If, yeah, because in the end, uh, we we planted trees, we bought land, we built the tech, we integrated satellite data. Um, and the official launch date was October. So, yeah, I think that it's, it's quite fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we're very, I'm very <laughs> excited. Yeah. Especially because I never expected to, to go into crypto like, uh, when I was <laughs> in the army and, and never expected mm -hmm. to have uh, a real world project, uh, connected to the blockchain with satellite data and, and NFTs and CO2 tokens. I, I never thought that in my life a few years ago. So and yeah. now, um, I'm, I'm actually in Spain now to prepare the second and even third batch, uh, of, of planting. And at the same mm -hmm. time, we are now onboarding farmers globally. So we have a farmer from Angola. We have a farmer in Argentina. We're working on the, uh, with another farmer uh, in another country in in uh, in Africa, yeah, it's it's quite exciting. And then an insurance products co uh, comes on top. It's, it's like yeah, that, that, that's also I think unique about the space is that um, that crypto gives you the opportunity to dive into many industries that were closed to regular mm -hmm. people like me before because I got in. Mm -hmm. Uh, in, in contact with the company that is dealing with precious metals and now I'm into CO2 and I'm getting in contact with satellite data and in, in insurance products. It's like, yeah, that can only happen in crypto, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with that, which came first? Was it kind of the idea that you wanted to work on CO2 compensation or was it I want to launch an NFT project and how can I do that? Which direction did it go? Uh, the um, 
the, the CO2 was was the main idea. And then mm-hmm. uh, because for me, tokens are just a tool. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's just uh, I didn't have in my head, I want to have an NFT collection. No, I realized <laughs> that NFTs are a way to um, create a CO2 compensation system. Mm-hmm. To go from NFT to ERC twenty to NFT, um, and mm-hmm. and I think that is the whole uh, purpose of this this tech is not to have just uh, tokens linked to pictures, but to actually connect real world use cases mm-hmm. to the blockchain. And then this is uh, how I see NFTs, and I yeah. and now I, yeah. I start to see other projects. Uh, do that as well. That NFTs are used for real-world uh, purposes, and I think that that's the whole that's the whole uh, thing that we should focus on: real-world use case connected to tokens with the right mechanisms, and make it available on a global scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, utility is definitely something um, I've been talking about more and more on the podcast for a while now, and. And in general, in the space, it's being talked about. Are there certain kinds of real-world utility that you find most important or most useful at this point? Um, yeah, I, I, I see many use cases that I find interesting. Uh, the most important thing that uh, I I would like to see is to have to create use cases that are globally accessible for people. Um, mm-hmm. In our case, that is. Uh, farmers that can get onboarded and generate CO2 tokens, but especially um, uh, financial products or um, or supply chain management. Um, yeah, yeah, because uh, especially nowadays, traceability of 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 your food uh, to know where your food is coming from, I, I find very interesting. Um, or invest in in luxury items that were not mm-hmm. accessible to people before uh, by fractionalizing them. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I also see also for uh, medical records, for example, so medical use cases. I see some, mm-hmm. some initiatives to, um, to bring that to the blockchain. But also um, a lot of data. I see a lot of uh, off-chain data finding its way on, onto the blockchain because the blockchain... Uh, space w- without real world data yeah is yeah it's quite limited what you can do then um so mm-hmm. i see projects that bring more and more data on, on on chain so that opens other use cases yeah insurance products are are going to be i think in my opinion uh, very helpful and massive real world use cases so yeah it's a lot a lot of uh, areas that that are moving now yeah definitely then I guess the other, or the next big part is sustainability. Obviously, you guys have a pretty good corner of that market going with uh, CO2 compensation. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's something that we talk about a lot, I guess, with um, blockchain is kind of the, the environmental impact. Um, and obviously, changes are constantly happening to, to improve that situation. Um, how much do you think people keep that in mind on like a daily basis when interacting with Web3? Is it enough? Is it something that we need to consider more? Um, yeah, I, I see more and more 
people and projects that keep that in mind. Uh, we are talking to to projects on a daily basis that want to um, yeah explore how they can um, utilize our NFTs, for example, to help make their project green. So I see a growing attention uh, for uh, sustainability in the in the crypto space as a whole. I mean, yeah, Polygon is a great example of that. They have a green manifesto. I see other chains having their initiatives as well. I see metaverses, um, yeah, taking initiatives to become green. So I think yeah, there, there's growing attention. Um, I see, yeah, uh, we have a lot of uh, retail or individual customers that use our NFTs and CO2 tokens to compensate. So I, I think there's momentum for that, especially. Um, because I, I think it also has to do with trustworthiness, because if mm -hmm. because there's I, I see many initiatives. Anyone can mint an NFT, you know. It's like anyone can mint CO two tokens, and there's like also a lot of fugazi in the space. And I think in the end, people want to know: okay, can I? Do I know it's really there? The tree is it actually doing what it's supposed to be doing? Uh, and that brings uh, what, uh, what I see people to us. And, and the nice thing is that because of blockchain, we can easily integrate NFTs in metaverses or in games. And we can, yeah, we can build on top of each other so people can use the CO2 mm -hmm. token in, the, in, in their marketplaces, uh, helping them to become uh, sustainable. Uh, because yeah, that 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 was simply not is simply not possible in traditional finance space. It, it is hard, and now we can make all kinds of new combinations between projects that can mm -hmm. help to leverage sustainability for for everyone. So, and I think mm -hmm. that that's really cool. Yeah, are there any um, kind of uses you see evolving in the environmental? kind of social impact initiatives that you're really excited about specifically? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <clears throat> for example, the, the, the usage of the CO2 token that we, uh, mm -hmm. that we have, it will find its way into uh, marketplaces, I think web shops, um, mm -hmm. because... Yeah, it, the, um, because the, the token is, is, it's a fungible token and it represents one kilogram of CO2 that is right. being generated somewhere by a tree. And by by building, utilizing the token into other marketplaces or web shops or other products, you, you basically are leveraging the uh, the token and help generate also revenue for the farmers. Right, so they can mm -hmm. uh, buy more land, plant more trees, and then yeah, it's a really a sustainable economy because it it flows back to the farmers directly. Um, so mm -hmm. that is something that that um, that that we will focus on to to integrate that token in in more payment processes. Mm -hmm. But also, I think the uh, in the future. Um, it could be great if people can invest directly in farmers. So right now we onboard farmers. Mm -hmm. um, so they start to generate their CO2 tokens, but it, we are not selling their NFTs yet. Uh, but mm -hmm. people would like to invest in, in, in farms 
let's say if uh, we, uh, we have a farmer in Angola, he's planting mango trees, that you can actually invest in that farm and own that NF3 from that farmer that is producing mango. Um, mm -hmm. Because in the end of the day, the fruits are sold and they, they, um, they can generate a return on investment. So hopefully in the future, we can build a platform where, where we become a sustainability investment platforms where people can go and invest in multiple farming projects or NF3 projects globally and generate the yield based on what they produce. Uh, but we are not there yet because uh, we are not <laughs> ready to become an investment platform. But we basically showed mm -hmm. with our NF3s that it's possible, uh, right? Because we, because we own the land, we plant the trees ourselves, um, and we can fractionalize a farm and allow people to invest in it. But in order to go to the next step and, and make that available on a global level, yeah, there needs to be other things in place like like legal aspects, etc. But I think with the right technology, uh, with, for example, with our partner Floodlight, uh, with the satellite technology, we can we can uh, make that happen. And I think within the next, yeah, don't uh, yeah, always be realistic. Within the next five years, we should be able to build something like that, that we become a sustainable sustainable investment platform. And do you see then, I guess, the, the impact or the social impact for the farmers there as kind of the protection provided by the technology? Yeah, it's not only protection, but access to capital, because uh, farmers mm -hmm. in developing countries have no access to capital. Um, mm -hmm. Like, they, like far, farmers in Holland, where uh, they have uh, um, yeah, not easy access, but they have access to, to capital via bank. They can get a loan. They can mm -hmm. use that to invest in their farm. But uh, farmers from developing countries don't have that, um, and mm -hmm. that limits their capacity to, yeah, basically buy land, plant trees, uh, and generate wealth, right, and jobs. Because in the end of the day, the uh, jobs are generated by those farmers, especially the ones that we onboard. Uh, once they start planting the trees and the trees go into to production, they have to hire people from the local economies to collect the fruits, sell it. Yeah, somebody has to package the fruit. Somebody has to uh, operate the truck that drives it to a warehouse. It has to go to a harbor. So that, um, and by giving access to, uh, to capital to those farmers, you basically kickstart that whole economy. Um, and then, yeah, once they start exporting the, the fruits, they, they receive... Uh, uh, an income from from abroad, so they can then uh, reinvest in the farm, and then then the economy grows. So I think um, yeah, it's a protection of of the environment, but also the the um, an impulse to to their local economies. Yep, definitely. Um, another big point that I want to touch on here is transparency. It's another big part of. Um, maybe what we could consider a successful NFT project these days. Yep. Um, why would you say it's so specifically important in uh, not only Web3, but in the NFT space? Yeah, because the, the technology is really great, but uh, it's also easy to copy. Uh, and therefore, <laughs> anyone can create uh, any Fugazi project. Um, you know, and if you're dealing with money, 
in my experience, people will create opportunities to to do a quick quick win. Um, mm-hmm. So therefore, it's really important that if you launch a, a, an NFT project, that you do everything to to make it as transparent as possible, um, because yeah, scamming people nowadays, yeah, it's always been human nature to do that but basically with also with nfts you 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 can do it on a global scale um mm-hmm. and and uh and that should and people should be aware of that you know if you if you buy an nft check what's the team behind it and what what mechanisms they have to um yeah to show that the nft is really doing what it's uh, what it should be doing uh, because you're dealing with money and, and people should take every measure to make sure that it's a legitimate project. Definitely. Yeah, good. Do you think the Web3 and blockchain tech is kind of getting more user-friendly? Um, so you said that you didn't really have much experience with it previously um, and it was really just kind of a means to an end. Is that something yeah. we can continue to look forward to, do you think? Yeah, I think uh, the, the technology is improving to to make it uh, mm-hmm. easier. Uh, I mean, Fenly is an example of that um, because uh, we, we uh, were happy to get in contact with Fenly. That helped us greatly also because, um, the, for example, the NFTs, uh, we can send an NFT via email um, using mm-hmm. Fenly service. I think that's really great, you know, so... Uh, because I know certain people uh, use it as a gift, so you can uh, mm-hmm. okay. send send an NFT to somebody via email, and then yeah, they have a friendly wallet, and then they are exposed to crypto, and then they can go to our DApp and claim the CO two tokens. Because I learned that in certain countries, certain culture is tradition to um, give somebody a tree when a baby is born. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And now you can do that uh, digitally. You can send somebody an NFT via email, say, hey, a baby is born, send the NFT. It's connected to the real world. And so it's generating CO2 tokens. And yeah, that CO2 tokens you can use as, a, I don't know, savings for, for the baby, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's one of the examples that uh, yeah, Fanly has created to enhance easier onboarding of non-crypto people. I also see more and more uh, use cases where uh, it becomes easier to use a DEX, for example. That's really uh, helpful, especially if you can route fiat payments through it. Mm-hmm. Also, Fenly, I think the Fenly Marketplace is a good example where you can pay with fiat and with stable coins to buy NFTs, uh, also with your credit card. So, it, yeah, that's, that, those are examples that, that the space becomes more and more accessible for uh, non-crypto users. Cool. Thanks. I wasn't looking for an answer that was all about Venly, but I uh, can't say I don't appreciate it. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, neat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Then talking kind of maybe on the other side of this that uh, we kind of hinted at with the transparency uh, question, but what kind of risks um, should people weigh before not only investing in them and, and in the opportunities themselves, but um, maybe getting into uh, launching an NFT project? Um, yeah, if, if you doubt um, 
then it's already a good indicator that um, that 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 you should look deeper. Um, yeah, if yeah, I, I never invested personally in NFTs that are just connected to a picture, because mm-hmm. I, first of all, I don't understand it. I don't know. I don't know how to value pictures or JPEGs. I, I'm I'm not knowledgeable enough for that. But if you're looking to invest. Uh, in an NFT project, then ask yourself the question, do I invest in it because you think it's going to be the next hype and you want to cash out in the next uh, uh, bull run? Okay, then go ahead, do it. Uh, but if you're going to invest in a real in an NFT that has real-world utility, check them, uh, the mechanisms that they have in place in order to um, show that it's uh, really there. And uh, a good indicator is yeah, we use Chainlink um, for for that. I think all massive projects they use Chainlink or Chainlink Proof of Reserve uh, because that's a really good indicator that 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 the project is real. So without that, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to do it, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, take a look at the tech. But yeah, that's also kind of hard if you're not super techy. Because yeah, mm-hmm. I can say okay, check if they're working with Chainlink, but then you need smart contract knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. But then at least look at 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 the blog uh, if they have um, um, sections like Gitbook where they explain how the tech is there. Because there there should be documentation always available. I think so. I, I put a lot of effort in mm-hmm. it myself to document everything and make it available for people that want to go deep that they can actually go deep uh, and reach out to the team you know so go into their discord uh, get in get in touch with the, with the with the people that can explain the tech um, mm-hmm. so you can get a better understanding because if you if you see that they have a hard time explaining it then you know that 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 or it's not developed yet because that's also what i see a lot People promise the world, yeah, we're going to launch this NFT project and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Talking is easy, right? But then when you're going to mm-hmm. build, you're going to run into issues that needs to be solved yeah. because a project basically is a nonstop bug fixing uh, project, <laughs> right? It's, it's never ending. Um, and if if you don't see that, if, if there's no bugs and if everything looks perfect, you know, okay, there's something not right here because all projects have <laughs> bugs, right? And that's a good indicator, actually, especially if they run into a bug and they manage to solve it within a reasonable timeline because then, you know, it's a real-world project. Mm-hmm. Those are good indicators, in my opinion. No, that's perfect. Disclaimer, that's not investment advice overall, but <laughs> we appreciate those tips for sure. Um, cool, and I guess the last... Big question I have for you. Feel free to let your imagination run wild here. But what do you see as the ideal future of NFTs? The ideal future of NFTs. The ideal future of NFTs. Yeah, I think the ideal future of NFTs comes down to, okay, if I look at my life and all the stuff I do in my life. So if I buy a house... If I travel, 
Um, if I get sick, I need to go to the hospital. Or if I go to the gym, uh, what would be really helpful if I can do that uh, on a, to verify myself, to, um, to buy a house uh, instead of going to the notary? That should all be connected to NFTs or car, your car. If you buy a car, your car insurance connected to your car. I think that, that is the real future of NFTs is that it's connected to, to everything you use. So from your passport to your mm -hmm. car, to the house you buy. Uh, and, and that's all traceable, uh, verifiable on, on, on the blockchain. I think that that is the ideal future of NFTs and that it makes life easier. Because if I, for example, um, buying land in Spain is kind of difficult uh, because I have to go with papers to multiple people mm -hmm. behind multiple desks that um, <laughs> that's very slow. Why, why isn't that an NFT? It will be an NFT for sure because If, if I buy land or a house from somebody, why we have to go to a guy or a lady that writes it down on paper and, uh, and then, or puts it in a vault or, you know, I have to get signatures and, and it's super costly as well. The notary, for example, why is that? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it's all legacy. Then with NFTs, that should all be gone in my opinion, mm -hmm. right? So like we can, we can do a transfer on the blockchain. It's safer, right? It's it's faster, it's safer, it's cheaper. So I think that that is the ideal future of of, of NFTs, in my opinion. Um, the very last question that we like to ask everybody is: Who should we have on the Benley Expert Talks next? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think um, we we. Um, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the technology partner that uh, that we use, uh, Floodlight. Um, I think what they are doing, it, it's it's helping us. We have a good relationship with them. Um, yeah, I, I would like to invite my my uh, my partner from uh, from Floodlight and explain how um, yeah the real world data, especially satellite data on chain, will help other projects like us. Because I think that that is the next phase uh, where people start utilizing those kinds of uh, data for their own projects. So I would like to invite them. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Great. Then, uh, yeah. Thanks again so much for coming and uh, talking to me. I really appreciate it and appreciate your time. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what course has going on next. Yes. We will keep you in the loop really happy that we are doing the podcast um, nice opportunity to talk about what we are doing with Fenley and and what Chorus is trying to uh, trying to accomplish thank you for uh, inviting me to the yeah to to elaborate on it yeah definitely thank you for for coming it's been a lot of really interesting information great thank you if you like today's episode please rate follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on And if you really like our content, join our Discord community, where there's always good conversation, exciting news, and live AMAs. Thanks for listening.